So hello and welcome back to the Dentistry Online podcast. Um, I'm here today with Rina Wadia, a specialist periodontist based in London. Uh, how are you doing today? Yeah, really good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad, thank you. How are, how are things out in practice? Busy? Really busy, um, really good to be seeing patients. So yeah, I can't complain. <laughs> it's good mm. to hear. I think everyone's uh, quite snowed under at the moment, which is definitely, definitely. a good thing. Definitely a good thing. Um, so I thought we'd start off today just talking a little bit about you and your background and sort of how you got into dentistry because there's one thing I've learned in my uh, my 12 months with FMC it's that everybody has a different story about how and why they got into dentistry um, so yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey please yeah sure so I guess if I start right from the beginning um, I guess I always wanted to be a dentist since I was probably about seven or eight years old. Um, it's one of those kind of childhood dreams as that's, you know, had my mind set on it and, and wanted to continue going forwards. I think it's because I admired my own dentist uh-huh. who interestingly became the practice where I did my VT training. So um, that's kind of interesting because it was a 360 loop. Um, but I used to admire the way he used to treat his patients, the way he made, used to make them feel. Um, and I thought, actually, this is a great, great occupation. So I looked into it further and there's no dentists in my family. There are a lot of medics, <laughs> but no dentists. So um, I kind of built my connection to a lot of work experience. And I thought, actually, this is a, a great career. It's, it's flexible. Um, you, you're helping people. Um, I like the science behind it. And so I thought, great, I think this is, is, is this for me. So I applied for dentistry. Um, and at that point, I mean, I didn't know I wanted to specialize in anything. I just knew I wanted to go into dentistry and see where that led me. Um, I thought I'd do something further, but I, I think that only became clearer when I was in my sort of final year of, of dentistry um, and thereafter. So I did my undergraduate training at Barts in the London, which was absolutely amazing. Um, teaching was incredible, excellent support uh build a really nice group uh, a friendship group which was great and we're still all in touch um I did my vt year um at, to, at the dentist that i mentioned earlier which was really um really nice uh, i had a really good trainer taught me the basics really well as you know you know until you really go out into the real world you don't that's where the real learning begins so that was a quite a um important year and then following that, I did my SHO training um, in hospital, in oral surgery and restorative dentistry. And that was at Guy's Hospital. So kind of crossed the river and went to the other <laughs> side, um, which was uh, interesting. I think I really, that's when I really realized how much I liked this surgery side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed restorative dentistry, but the surgery side really drew me. And I thought I want to now focus on one thing and do it really well. And that's when I think I started to think about specializing. Okay. And kind of drawn to perio quite later on to be honest it wasn't something that i knew from my first year of dentistry it was something which slowly developed and kind of molded and i essentially looked into it in more detail as i developed in my career and thought actually this is definitely a specialist um uh, the specialty that i want to go into essentially so yeah after that i kind of um started my part-time specialist training at king's college hospital or king's college london um, and I did a part-time program. So you're working for a couple of days in practice and then also studying for the other remaining days, which was great because I was essentially applying what I was learning in practice. So um, that was good. And then finally, after I graduated, um, I set up my own practice and I guess that's where I am now. So before we get onto your, onto your practice, um, I always, always wonder when people talk about sort of how they specialise and why they specialise. Um, what is it about Perio? What is it that drew you to Perio specifically? 
Yeah. Um, so in terms of how I decided to specialize, and I think this is actually a really important question to cover because a lot of people ask me this all the time. And I think it's important to have a considered choice um, when you are specializing because it's easy to just say, actually, you know, what? don't know what else to do, let's specialize. But it, it needs to be carefully considered. Um, I think you need to think about things like, do you want to do the same thing every single day? Because that is, as a specialist, like all I do is treat gum, gum disease and maintain gum health. So um, some people don't want to do that. Some people want to do a variety of things and do other parts of general dentistry. So I think that was the first question I asked myself. I said, do, do I want to do something every day, um, ideally to the highest standard? And that was a definite yes for me. So that's when I realized I wanted to focus on one thing. And in terms of perio, I think I've always been drawn to it as, as I looked into it further because, well, firstly, it's hugely common. So we're dealing with it on a daily basis. There's a huge need for it. But I think the um, kind of results you can get with perio, i.e. the impact you can have on someone is far beyond just the oral cavity. So, you know, you can have an impact on someone's well-being. You can have an impact on their risks of um, general health conditions by treating the condition you can reduce their risk of general health conditions so it's not just limited to the mouth you're actually impacting a person which is incredible and I think that's kind of the way things are going now um, I think sometimes it's a surprise to us that the gums are linked to the rest of the body but it's you know it's part of your body so it's it makes sense so I think that's what really drew me and then the surgical side of things so I very much enjoyed um, my oral surgery rotation and that's when i realize that type of treatment mm. like crown lengthening treating gummy smiles treating gum recession and that sort of surgical side of things was taken into account when you when you're a periodontist so i thought actually this is a kind of perfect fit for me so yeah i went for it but i think it's as you said it's important to think about the decision because it's uh, it's quite a grueling kind of four three four years um you're going back to studying most of your friends at that age are kind of getting married, having kids, and you're like in the library with your books um, while they're having barbecues outside. And so it's, I remember the summer days, it was the hardest actually in the library, literally there for the whole day. So it does take some personal sacrifice. Um, and I don't think it is for everyone. And it, it's, you know, you can, it's not that being a specialist is better than being a general dentist, it isn't. It's just a different, uh, different, uh, different just a different field, really. So um, I think it's important if you're thinking about specializing to make a considered choice. Absolutely. I think that's important to say, actually. I think um, in my experience talking to people, there's often um, some people can feel quite a bit of pressure to specialise. Yeah, I agree. It's nice to hear that you're saying, you know, if you've got to be sure about it and it's OK, yeah. if it's not something you want to do. Yeah. And I mean, you've got to consider the finances as well. It's, it's you know, and when you look at the figures, I mean, when I did my training, it was about 11, 12,000 pounds a year um, times four years times or, or taking into account the loss of income as well so you know those days that I wasn't working uh, there's a loss of income so it's it's a huge expenditure and I think I definitely don't regret specializing um, but it's good to, to make a considered choice yeah definitely I mean obviously you've taken it one step further and sort of had perio as the basis of your your practice um, yeah yeah I mean why do you think there was a need for a clinic based purely around perio yeah, that's um, a really good question. Well, firstly, I think, as I mentioned, 
periodontal disease is the most common disease of humans, like out of any other condition, it's the most common. So, I mean, that's huge. So there's a big proportion of patients needing that treatment. There's a significant proportion of that population that also suffer from severe disease. So there's a need for it. Um, it's a, it's a generally a public health problem, periodontal disease. So there's a need for it. I think it's important to treat it and have a dedicated clinic just specializing in that. Um, and you know, as I mentioned, patients are becoming more aware of the links between good gum health and general health. So patients are actually, you know, I had, had a time where it was all over the press and patients were actually calling me saying, I want a gum screen because I'm worried I'll, I'm going to have Alzheimer's. And honestly, we're having so many direct patients saying, I want to check my gum. So um, there's the, the impact of it as well. Um, and it's the foundations to everything we do in dentistry. There's no point investing in fancy veneers and crowns for smile makeovers unless your foundations are healthy, unless your gums uh, are healthy. So um, I think it's a cornerstone to everything and there's a great need for it. So that's why I sort of felt there was a need to have a clinic based around perio. And to be honest, with the way things are going, um, focusing on looking good is, is, is important, but also our focus at the clinic is not just looking good, but also feeling good as well. And perio and treating periodontal disease does that. Um, it's a bit like, for example, if you had a someone who, I don't know, who was a, was a size six and looked super um, healthy, but actually their lifestyle was you know, smoking, drinking, really unhealthy lifestyle, not exercising, they could still look good, but actually they may not feel good. Whereas someone else who looks exactly the same could be super healthy in terms of nutrition, exercise, et cetera, and they will feel good as well. And if they both look the same, right? And the same thing could, could go with the gums as well, because sometimes you don't even look like you've got perio, but the key thing is we want, you to, we want our patients to feel good as well. Um, it's important not to to let the aesthetics mask that as well. So yeah, I think there's a, there's a big shift in, in wellness and holistic care and periodontal disease and treating periodontal disease forms a big part of it. Definitely, that's really good to hear, you know, because I think, um, I mean, in, the, in this day and age of social media and everything, there is a heavy emphasis on aesthetic um, and, and yeah. Yeah. things like that. And often the way you feel and, and actually, yeah, your, your insides um, is, is sort of pushed to the side a little bit because people put to the forefront how they appear outwardly. Um, but it's good that you're sort of trying to change that messaging and make people aware that actually, yes, you can look good, but also feel good with it. I think yeah, 100%. Really yeah. And there, there has been a shift to focus on health, um, especially first. So yeah, I think it's Perro is a cornerstone of that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, when well, we mentioned earlier, you, you set up your own practice um, yeah. and obviously any, any, anyone doing that uh, is quite a scary move, I can imagine, uh, but you did it at such a young age as well. Um, and I reckon there's a lot of people who would look at you and want to do something similar themselves. I think especially over the last 12 months, there's definitely been sort of a surge in interest when it comes to people looking to sort of buy their own practice and yeah. their own. So, I mean, what's it been like? doing that from the beginning was it was it something that you were was it were you scared for a start were you quite sort of apprehensive yeah I think it's um it's been a real learning curve I think at the beginning when I first graduated I essentially hired out a room um I was on um 22 Wimpole Street and I was literally opening surgery once a week um so I started slow and then slowly slowly we got busier um started two days a week then I moved to, to Lister House, 11 to 12 Wimpole Street, um, about a year later. Then mm. I was running a full diary and then I started building the team. Um, and now we've recently moved to our um, final kind of flagship, flagship um, clinic, which is 75 Harley Street. So it's been a little bit of a journey um, to, to get there, but it's 
definitely been really good fun and lots of learning on the way. Um, but yeah, it, I guess, as you said, it, it can be challenging, but I think that's, that's what keeps it interesting as well. Um, the reason why I sort of set up in the first place, I think I, I wanted to do things um, my own way, in my own style, to the highest standards, and setting up my own clinic would kind of be the only way of doing it um, my way. So that's kind of what drew me to, to doing it in the first place. But yeah, I guess it, it was scary, but um, you just got to do it a step at a time. I think that's the, the key thing. And really, I think people talk about age, but it's, it's more the experience rather than the age. Like, what have you done to get that experience of leading a, you know, a team or building a practice? That They're the things that count. They're the, the, the qualities that count rather than your age itself. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's also important to remember it's, it's not just you. It's going to be your team. And the way I see my team is we're all collaborating together. It's not like, you know, I'm the boss and you're this it's it's more a collaboration and we're all working together to achieve a single aim which is to provide the highest standard of care to our patients um so yeah it's been it's been challenging it's been interesting um but it's it's fun um it's, it becomes your life so i think when you've got a your own clinic and you, it becomes your lifestyle and you have to take a lifestyle approach you can't just turn it on and off you can't be like all right now i'm at work now i'm not yeah, so yeah. It's, it's you're constantly at work but i think work feels like place so it's 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 all fun so that's yeah good to hear that's good that you want to enjoy going to work i'm i think that's important. life's too short um yeah. I, I mean off the it's good that you you're enjoying the process of it um but obviously the fact that you are a woman as well um is mm. something that a lot of people would look up to because i think what's really great um over the last few years is sort of women in dentistry stepping up into these kind of positions um and having these sort of role models and, and mentors um within the profession is, is incredibly important yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of discussion lately surrounding women in dentistry and what can be done to sort of improve their um, their opportunities, essentially. Um, there's yeah. been, it's been a lot of work with it and with International Women's Day just just being as well. Um, do, do you feel have you do you feel your being a woman has ever um, hindered you at all or do you think it's sort of empowered you? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's just an interesting question. Um, I think there has been a mindset change, I think, over the last 10 years in terms of um, women and, and uh, the, the, them being at the forefront. I have to say from my personal experience, um, I haven't yet had any uh, negative criticism of being a woman. Um, I think the, the focus is very much from my experience on ability and talent rather than gender, but I do, uh, I do feel that we can push this further, um, uh, especially in dentistry. I think things are changing though. I mean, from a workforce point of view i think women are probably just at least 50 50 um, in terms of the, the workforce and patient base wise i mean most of my patients 50 50 in terms of male and female so i think we are now drawing to a close balance um which is really nice to see absolutely. no absolutely uh, women in business in general not just specific dentistry it's um yeah it's, it's important to have people um sort of talking about it and, and showing that it is possible um i can imagine a lot of I can imagine you get a lot of, yeah. obviously you've got quite a big social media presence. I can imagine you get a lot of questions from, from young dentists and things like that. Um, yeah, I do. And it's, I think it's really nice to help each other. I think it's, it's good that we can all inspire each other. I mean, I'm inspired by other, um, you know, even students that contact me and you sometimes see their story and it's like, wow, you've actually, uh, you're inspiring me as well. So I think it's important we all support each other and inspire each other. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you said that there have been some obstacles, there have been some challenges. Yeah. You've really enjoyed the process of it. Yeah. What are some sort of key things that you've stuck by or sort of tips, advice that you could give to other people who might be 
looking to do something similar? Yeah, I mean, the particular challenges that I had just to elaborate on that is, I mean, I guess we all face challenges throughout our whole career. I mean, just getting through dentistry is a challenge in itself. Um, so that's obviously that side of it. But setting up a new place, I guess, as a specialist clinic is was tricky because obviously you're relying on referrals as well. Um, and to build that referral base uh, was quite uh, challenging at the beginning and took a lot of effort and time and um, grafting. So that was, um, you know, not so easy at the beginning, but once you get going and you, I mean, the best thing that's worked for me is making sure your patients are happy and you're delivering the best care. And what that does is it go, they, that just goes back to the referrer and then they send more patients. So I think focusing on the main goal is always the, the key thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the other, uh, just talking about challenges still, I mean, this, the actual new clinic that we set up, um, just to give you an idea, it's a listed building. So there were so many building challenges because we did obviously from scratch, the clinic from scratch. Mm. Um, then we faced COVID, then we faced Brexit. So one after the other, it's like supplies were delayed. One of our builders got um, COVID, so everyone has to isolate. And it was just literally having to manage those challenges and pivot and make sure you're continually moving forward. So that whole build project, I think, has been probably the biggest challenge um not just of my career but I think of my life so um that was the biggest thing I guess that's the clinic but building you're you're asking about building a clinic and building a brand um and tips for other young dentists so I think firstly be aware of what you're in for um in terms of as I mentioned the challenges ahead but taking a step back I think if you are trying to build your brand you're trying to um build you know uh, that for yourself firstly just take a step back and say what do you want to be known for that has to be defined like what do you want people to know you as rather than just jumping in and um uh, you know cracking on with it think about okay what do i want to be known for so that's that's kind of the first thing and be careful when you you self-curate just be consistent in across all your platforms i think sometimes if you're saying different things on different platforms it doesn't come across as authentic and i think it's always important to be authentic in yourself on especially on things like social media um and with that i mean social media it's, it's a great platform to build your brand but i think um it needs to be done carefully and well at the end of the day we're all professionals whether we're at work or at home we are professionals so it's important to be aware that you know if you do have two platforms like if you had a professional one and you had a personal one you're trying to build your brand on your professional one in reality that you know they're kind of the same thing and you need to be professional in all, in all walks of life um because even when you think people aren't watching your personal one they probably are so um yeah but i mean yeah building a brand it, it takes time um you know it's good to have some examples that you can follow and it's really important to use other people as inspiration rather than competition i mean i don't know about you but i think sometimes it's very easy to look at someone else and think oh god i feel you know it makes you feel not so good because you're not as good as them or something but i think that's it's important actually to rather than thinking of it like that think of it as inspiration like you know what can you take from them and what how can you make yourself better so um i think that's an important point and if you are then using social media and using that to build your brand i think it's really important to be engaged like if you post something you've got to be prepared for conversation you've got to be prepared to follow things up and to be honest all of that does take time it's like another job in itself so if you are planning to do that and you're planning to build a brand planning to um uh actually um you know do things on social media you have to have the time for it um as well um 
and yeah, I think it's having examples, having mentors as well throughout your life really helps because they're always a step ahead and um, they can tell you, you know, what to do along the way. They can tell you the, the obstacles to avoid, you know, take a left here, take a right here because they've done it before. So having a mentor definitely helps in terms of guiding you through the whole process. Yeah, absolutely. No, they're all really good tips. Um, I think the, the one on social media, I can imagine it really does take time. I always admire when people can maintain and, and build a brand on social media because it is very time consuming, I can imagine. I mean, how, how do you balance it? Because obviously you've now got this, you've got your clinic and then you've got social media as well and everything yeah. comes in between. Is there anything, do you have any sort of rules on how much time you spend on it or when you're on it? Or Yeah, I, tr I try and... Yeah, it's so easy, isn't it, to be on your phone all day on social media. Um, I just have normally have set times of the day that I'll, I'll go in and, and explore, which is um, usually like lunchtime, afternoon, and then at the end of the day. Um, in the mornings, I try to kind of focus on um, you know, my day ahead. Mornings, normally, I'm I, kind of fresh and I'd like to focus on, on projects um, and then social media later on in the day. So I think you just dip in and out, but you do have to be a little bit strict with yourself. Otherwise, you can get carried away and, and spend a lot of time on it. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, I think that makes I have to do the same with my emails, to be honest, as well, like have set times and answering. Them. Otherwise, literally your email becomes your to do list and you're literally just tackling that the whole day. So it's, I, um, it's important. To, I'm exactly, to, yeah. <laughs> exactly the same. I, um, I spoke to my colleague recently, actually, and I said, I've got to stop replying to them <laughs> as soon as they come through because I will see the notification come in. Yeah, yeah. And I think, right, I know, I know that I've got replies to that. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. So what I do now is I turn the notifications off between certain hours so that exactly, I don't get yeah. alerted to it. So no, I can completely understand how you get, uh, get distracted <laughs> by those coming in. Um, but no, it's really good to hear that it's going well so far. And I mean, it's been Thank a you. stressful year for, for the most part, for most people, but then setting up a business and, juggling yeah. pandemic and Brexit <laughs> and everything all at the same time it must have been um yeah a bit chaotic but you've got there so uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah that's the main thing no I think you, I've learned a long a lot along the way it shapes you as a person each challenge um makes you stronger and you know ready ready for the next step for sure you're gonna come out with it better and, and stronger for it and I think it's probably prepped you for I mean I don't know forgive me if I'm wrong but I can imagine it's <laughs> probably given you some experience that you wouldn't have had otherwise and it's important like, absolutely to that away from even though it's been you know a shocking 12 months I think it's important to take what you can from it um where, where we can um but to, to round off so moving away from dentistry yeah sure um I know a lot of people I mean most people I speak to they absolutely love what they do and like I said earlier it's so nice to hear that when I speak to people who are working within the profession but if you couldn't work in dentistry I know you said you had your heart set on it from day one yeah if you couldn't what what would you do instead I think um I've, I've always also wanted to be a teacher and that's uh, it was a close second when, when I was thinking about careers um, at the beginning I remember when I was like literally tiny um, four or five years old I used to pretend to be a teacher and teach my brother um, probably nonsense but yeah I, I mean that was definitely one of my passions and it still is to be honest and I guess what's happened naturally over time is I've managed to combine actually the teaching and the dentistry and perio side so um, recently we're doing courses for a little while, but during the first lockdown, we set up Perio School, which is our global teaching academy for online and offline courses for dental professionals. So um, I set that up during the, the lockdown, which was amazing. And it's, it's great. I've been able to combine both teaching and dentistry now. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. That's um, I was about to say before you said that. It's, a, it's something you can definitely um, bring into dentistry and enjoy the, the best. You can. Of the world. 
Um, but I know that's, that's that's I don't know. I find it really interesting when I when I speak to people about what they'd what they'd do otherwise. Yeah. Um, but no, that's good. To, it's good to hear you maximise the lockdown as well. I know it was a very difficult time for for a lot of you guys. Um, yeah. I think taking advantage of that time was was uh, important. So um, yeah, no, definitely. Well, good luck with everything. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, I hope it I hope it all goes well. And um, yeah, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to speak to me. No, total pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs>